Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be home, isn't it? I look around and I have brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children in this place. And that is a beautiful thing to be amongst family. Hey, we want to take a minute just before we uh, go come around the Word uh, to just honour the people that are being baptised and to pray for them as a church. Uh, and also, I, just, I actually want to invite Marlon to come up. And as Marlon comes up, we're just going to hear some of Marlon's story before we get all three of them up and, and pray for them. So we're going to give you a mic, Marlon, and the band. You guys can uh, take a seat. Nathan, you can stay up here and pray. Come up on stage with us, Marlon. Kirsty and I will uh, we'll pray for the three of you. But Marlon, so isn't it nice to just hear a little bit of someone's story? Uh, so we don't always get a chance to meet everybody and hear their story. So Marlon, you, uh, you grew up in China. And this is Marlon, everybody. Can we welcome Marlon? What a legend. So Marlon, you grew up in China. And, uh, and it was a couple of years ago in China that you became a Christian. That's right. So take us back to uh, before you were a Christian. Where, where were you at? Who, what, what was going on? What was happening? Before I was Christian, I was uh, really struggled for sex, to be successful in my life, and I was pray for many fake God, fake God, and seek for fortune tellers, mm-hmm. and they tell me answers, but I found there is no answer true even they tell me something's gonna happen and they happen to me I don't feel I was successful at the moment yeah amazing and you're telling me yesterday you know that that whatever you sought it wasn't truly satisfying either that's right so that's what I'm saying I'm seeking for successful but even though I've been successful I hit the goal but I never feel like I will be successful for my entire life and I wouldn't feel true satisfaction after a period of time. Awesome. So then you uh, tell us the story of how you then came to meet Jesus. What was happening? Uh, yeah. So um, it was four years ago, I, I, I made a decision to move the family to Australia, but I'm, I was not sure if that decision was correct because I was really confused at the time. So. To move to Australia, I need to take to, I need to take a test. So I uh, it's like an English test, right? Yeah, English test. This so, is a hard test, everybody. I'm not sure I would pass it. Yeah, English is my second language. So at that time, I I'm pretty confident that I can pass the test. However, the tester is a machine. So the <laughs> so my test result can be influenced by uh, a mic, uh, internet connection. So mm. there are many uh, complaints on the test uh, discussion group if the machine didn't respond in time because of the internet connection or mm. you're uh, using a unfortunate, unlucky mic. So right. you couldn't, they, the machine couldn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so even I, I was very prepared. So I was still in, con- in, in a very- um, You were worried, right? Uh, yeah, I was still worried at that time. Mm. So I prayed to God. So, dear Lord, if you, the key for me, uh, for my family to guide us to the Australia, so you lead me to the, through the test, just one time. Now, there was a friend you had, right? You yeah, and I had a friend. And, I, and before I made the prayer, because I met a friend, and the friend was 
we never speak to each other. Even we, you know, in a school at that time. So we like old, old school friends, but didn't really see each other. Uh, yeah. And you were in the library studying for your yeah. English test. And the friend came over. He said, uh, uh, hey, how are you? I said, I met you before. He said, did, did we? We are, <laughs> we are classmates. We are in the same grade. We are in the same, same school. That's <gasps> like That's like the person that you know that you avoid. If you're sitting on the bus and you see them come on, you're like, I oh, just said something really interesting out the window. That's who he's talking about, that person. And he asked me, what are you doing here? I said, I'm preparing an English test, but I'm, I'm worried. He said, have you ever heard Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah, I said, I do. Do you have a time? Why? I would like to pray for you, for your test. I was like, why? Why are you going to pray for me? Does that work? But I know that guy was like, trying to help me, so I accepted. Then he said, if you, it, then he prayed for me. Then after pray, he said, you should, uh, you should pray before the test and tell Jesus is the key for you and okay. lead you to your dream. If your dream is that he wants you to be. And, yeah. and, and I think the important thing for me about the story is like, it's not like God's a genie in the sky who just wants to grant all your wishes. Your, your desire was to follow the right path. Exactly. And you wanted him to be leading you and your yeah. family to where he intended you to be. That's right. And so, so you prayed that prayer as well. Okay, yeah. so then, uh, so you, weren't, you, weren't, you wouldn't have called yourself a Christian at that stage though, right? Uh, I, I, had, I had no idea <laughs> at that time. Right. But I was just like, pray for any, I think that was a God before yeah. and to do the prayer. But I think I did the right thing at the time. So then you catch a train, yeah, to go take your English test, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, don't, don't tell us about the train just yet. Hmm. Um, tell us how the English test went. So I passed the English test just within one time. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Many First people take pass. Like eight or nine times to pass their test. I just take my one time. Yeah. And that's a stage when you're like, you know, you've prayed, Jesus has helped you, mm. but is it really Jesus or is it just, did you just pass the test? And then, and then you look down at your train ticket, yeah. the train that you caught to go to the English test. What time was the train? It was uh, 11.27. And what, what seat were you sitting in in the, in the English test? It's also 27, the seat number. And, and the number 11 uh, in Chinese means what? Number 11 means you're going to be, going to be. So in number 11 in Chinese means something's, no, one means it's going to be, but one one is must going to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Yeah, something's going to happen, but I didn't realize that time. Yeah. In seat 23. Yeah, 23. 27. 27, 27. That's good. There's a number 23 movie. That's a, yeah, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories. And by the way, 27 is the lucky number of my wife. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> okay, so then you look down at the train ticket. Yeah. And there's eight digits to finish the number of your ticket. Yeah. And those numbers? So the number was the my test score. So like for writing, listening, uh, uh, reading, and uh, speaking. speaking. So the you eight get, digit was... You get a two-digit score yeah. for four categories. And I, the last eight numbers of the train ticket yeah. are those eight digits of his English test score. I, uh, I, I couldn't believe that time. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the train ticket 
But I spoke this to my wife and my family, my father and mother, and they said, no, it, it's just coincidence. And I told myself, no, it was not. Yeah, it's amazing. I think Jesus wanted to show you that He was working through the whole thing. Exactly. There was just one more thing I would Go like on. to add. Tell it. So we, we never get baptized before. Mm. And we don't know how it would be. Yesterday, Suki and I, we uh, sit on the couch and watch uh, a TV series. It's called The, the Boys. And on the episode six, we were on, and it tells a story how the baptism, baptism would go through. There's a whole thing to introduce how the baptized process within that movie. It's episode six, and uh, the t show called yeah. The Boys. Amazing. <laughs> that's so good. So you guys have made the decision to be baptized. We're so proud of you. Thank so you. Um, that's a bit of Marlon's story. We've just done a New Life Christian Essentials course with these guys. And, uh, and recently Suki came to the Lord as well, more recently than Marlon. And so now the family together is uh, following Jesus. And we're so proud of you guys. It's so wonderful to have you all together. Why don't you join with me as we just congratulate them. Now I'm going to ask... Suki, would you come up? And Dylan, would you come up? Just stand just here for us on the stage. We want to pray for you as a church as we uh, step into this new season of your life. Yeah, come on up. And uh, we also want to present you with uh, some T-shirts. We love these things. You can uh, hold them up so we can see them. We've got one for each of you. Oh, I'm so sorry. No turning back. Amazing. Why don't you just reach your hands out to these guys and let's begin to pray. You guys can just close your eyes uh, and get ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the decision that these guys have made. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that against all opposition, they have pushed forward and pushed through. And as they make a commitment in their heart, in their mind and in front of other believers to follow you, Jesus, that you would bring every good thing into their life. Lord, that You would lead them. Holy Spirit, that You would fill them. Right now, we ask for an impartation of Your Spirit. Lord, that You would unlock spiritual gifts in their life, that they would become witnesses to You, to Your Kingdom. Father, we thank You for a fresh outpouring of Your Spirit, that today is a new day and that they will be reborn in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Lord. Guys, I was uh, praying for all three of you this morning. Just a, a couple of quick words. Dylan, uh, the, the words that Joshua spoke at the end of his life. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As you are doing this thing publicly, as you are baptising and you're about to get married, I feel like it's a word for, for both of you and that. No matter what, your family history, independently and together, Joshua spoke those words at the end of his life. It wasn't just kind of halfway through or when he was with Moses. It was a thing that spoke for the generations to come. He said, my kids, my grandkids, my line, my genealogy, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord and pray that over both of you 
particularly over you dealing as a man of the house in this time of baptism as you go down on the water and come up the strengths of the man inside I see you discipling young men raising them up in the house of God teaching the ways of wise living teaching them the ways of prayer of the word Thank you, Jesus. An influence in your school. God, we thank you for the steadfastness that is in Dylan's heart. Thank you, your Holy Spirit. You pour out your power on him. Yes, Lord. See him moving in gifts that he did not know he had, laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed. Holy Spirit, you'd fill him. In Jesus' name. Marlon, I was so glad that you shared uh, why you uh, want to come to Australia, but before that, your search for truth. Because as I was praying for you this morning, I feel like success is coming for you in business. I see you generating wealth. I see you having business ideas, putting your skill, you are skilled in coding and technology and computers. But I see business ideas, leadership. I see you both influencing in marketplace and your workplace. We don't just need ministers in church. We need ministers in every workplace, in every school, in every part of the community. I see you bringing the love of Christ into your place, laying hands on people and seeing them healed in the office chairs, bringing word of truth and comfort. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing for Marlon and Suki. Holy Spirit, that success is coming. So bound together. And like Dylan too, Dylan that you're starting a new thing in your generation in your genealogy and your line. It's an amazing thing to be leading. Pray Holy Spirit gives you strength and power to do that. As you go down on the water, those, those old things, those old thinking, those old traditions, where you were seeking for truth and it was not there, they will be left in the water this afternoon. You'll be raised up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the knowledge, the truth of Jesus and His Word. Holy Spirit, you'll be poured out on both of them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just, let's just one more time, reach our hands out. Let's pray for these guys. Father, we thank You for these three incredible people. Fresh outpouring of Your Spirit upon them right now in Jesus' Name. We thank You for new believers joining Your family through the rivers of the waters of baptism and we thank you lord that this is a church a family where people are raised to life in christ in jesus name amen amen fantastic let's give these guys a hand amazing amazing you guys can be seated thank you so much for joining with us uh in prayer well we've got a little bit of time left and uh i'm going to use that time well to blow your socks off is that all right 
At the beginning of this series, this is the third message in a three-part series. At the beginning, I talked about how every time I preach on the exile, my whole life is thrown into turmoil, and uh, that was certainly true of this time. And uh, I should just stop preaching on the exile, shouldn't I? It, that makes sense. Uh, and it got worse since I talked to you last. Um, so that's fun. But what I've learned is that uh, in a trial, it's good to be joyful because the Lord is shaping us and growing us and creating character and perseverance in us. So I'm going to be happy about that and not resent that. And uh, whenever you go through a difficult season in life, you don't just want to come back home to your comfortable position and go back to your old behaviour, go back to your old habits, right? You want to take with you what you have learned from the great difficulty or great adventure. And it's like any great movie or uh, any great story where the hero goes out on an adventure and they bring back the elixir of life. And the elixir of life is what they discover on the adventure. And it doesn't just change their own world, but it changes the whole village as it would be. So be encouraged that if God takes you on a journey, it takes you on an adventure, which oftentimes can seem very difficult. It may be that he's trying to give you a tool, like an elixir of life that you can bring back and change your little patch of the world with. And so... At the beginning, we talked about how the whole of humanity is exiled, and we talked about the big picture of uh, leaving home uh, and the whole world. Then the second week, we talked about how, how to live in exile, the balance between loyalty and subversion. We talked about living in our community, and this week, we're talking about coming home, and we're going to take it right down to the individual level, because many of us are living in exile in our bodies and in our minds. I would encourage you to just notice what's happening in your heart as I'm talking about these things uh, because it's the spoken word of God that will speak to your spirit and identify the things that God wants to transform in your life. So pay attention to your feelings as we're talking about this. Many of us feel like we're not at home in our bodies. We, 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 th- we look at our bodies and they fail us with sickness They betray us with unwanted temptations and they can rob rob us of contentment. I don't know if you feel this ever, but when you look in the mirror in the morning and you think, is this really what I'm going out with today? Is this what I've got to work with? And then you get dressed, you put some clothes on and your wife comes up. She says, is that really how you're going out today? Is that really what you're wearing? I don't know. Maybe that doesn't happen to all of you. Some of us, we are in exile. We're not at home in our minds. Um, it feels like we should be at home and at peace, but we don't have that. We carry around all kinds of insecurities, offences, hurts, negative self-image. We carry things from our childhood. You know, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, um, I thought I was pretty all right. And then sometimes he just brings things up. You know, um, I'm the third of three boys. And uh, <laughs> so after the first two boys, the story goes that my parents... We're like, come on, let's just try one more time. We really want a girl. Um, and then my, my mum felt a bit different in the pregnancy, so she's like, I think it is a girl. It is a girl. It is a girl. And then I came out, and I was a boy. So what does that tell you? It means I've been a disappointment from the very beginning. <laughs> uh, I joke, and, and I have joked about that for my life. And then I realised that maybe actually that had an impact on me as a child and that I'm not what my parents really wanted. They wanted a girl and they got a boy. And so 
I just brought that to the Holy Spirit and he brought that up in me and I worked through it with him. And you know what I realised? My earthly father and my earthly mother may have wanted a girl, but my heavenly father wanted a boy. And he got a boy because he made a boy. And I have grown into a man of God and I am proud to be a man of God. And that's good. But sometimes you've got to work through these things and you might have all kinds of things in your heart or in your mind that are like roots in your past that bear bad fruit in your life at the moment. And so if you can identify bad fruit, you need to look for the root, dig it up, and let the Holy Spirit do His work. At the end of the service, we're going to uh, pray for some people uh, who, who need healing and, and deliverance. Pray that you'll be set free from the work of the enemy and into the life that God has for you. But let's, before you get there, let's just go back to the Israelites. So the story so far is they've been exiled out of their homeland. God took them out of the promised land into exile with the Babylonians. That was bad for them. They didn't like it, but they learned a lot and they rediscovered themselves and they rediscovered their God. And now we get to the point in the story where the Persians take over from the Babylonians and they send many of the Israelites home. In the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, I'd encourage you to go and read them uh, this week. The Israelites come home to the promised land to find that the temple is destroyed. And they set about, set about their plan to rebuild the temple, to reread the Torah, to rebuild the Jewish community and rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. It's like you're coming home after a difficult season of your life and you want to put things back together the way that they were. It's supposed to be a glorious homecoming in those books, but when you read them this week, you'll discover that it ends in a big, fat anticlimax. The, the way that... The way that the pillar of fire and cloud came and rested in the tabernacle and the temple in the past doesn't happen. So they're rebuilding efforts. They're hoping that the king will come. The king does not come. And they're hoping that the walls around Jerusalem will mean that they can be their own nation once again and yet they continue with oppressive empires ruling them. And, they, they, and then last of all, they don't get any kind of new behaviour. They go back to their old patterns of behaviour and they go back to their old ways. And so actually it's a continuation of the story. But they can't do it in their own strength. And so the ending of the story is like, it's a pretty big downer if that's the whole story. It's not a Hollywood ending. Why don't they get a Hollywood ending? What do you think? Because it's not the end. It's not the end of the story. This is a little story that happens again and again throughout the Bible where people get an anticlimactic ending because the ultimate ending is still to come. And they're trying to rebuild this temple because they want to go back to the way that things were, but God has another plan. God has a better plan. Does anybody know what the better plan for rebuilding the temple is? Anyone got any ideas? Oh, that's kind of like Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's the plan. But it's also in here. Everyone just hit your heart. Right here is the new temple of the Lord. God wanted to do a new thing. That's why he's not coming in pillar of cloud and fire. Because he's planned a new temple. And the new temple on earth is your body and my body. 
That is where the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, will live here on earth. I was going to show you a video, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to. So I'd encourage you to go and look up the Bible Project video on the temple. It's a great video, and you'll learn a bunch about it, but we can leave it at that, that you and I are God's new temple on earth. John 2 verse 13 says this. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. <laughs> we went to Bali once and they've got money changes everywhere and we went past them and saw like a, uh, like a you, know, bad, you know, when they do bad English signs because uh, they don't speak English as their first language and we went past one that just said monkey changes. And I was like, that's good. So they got foreign money changers in the temple. Jesus made a whip from some ropes, chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us in a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus said, replied, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. What? They exclaimed. It's taken 46 years to build this temple and you can be rebuilt it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. So what do we learn from that story? The temple is meant to be holy. It's meant to be uncorrupted and unblemished. It's meant to be a place where God's presence rests. And when it's corrupted, Jesus gets angry. He drives out the corruption and he makes it holy again. And he, he considers the temple to be his body and then our bodies that are the new temple. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was, uh, was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honour God with your body. You and I are the new temple the home of the presence of God. And we're meant to bring that home with us wherever we go. So in terms of returning home, it's like home is where the heart is, but the heart is something that Jesus has transformed to be his resting place and living place here on earth. I want to uh, just share a little story with you. I'm going to invite Chris to come. And uh, it's Chris's story. And so we're going to I want him to be able to share some of this with you. Just grab the mic off Georgia. And uh, this guy, what an incredible young man. Isn't he handsome? <laughs> My goodness. Like, I think if when you wake up in the morning, you wouldn't be like, is this what I'm working with? You'd be like, this is what I'm working with. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but Chris has a story which kind of uh, encapsulates this whole sense of, going away, coming back home, uh, finding that home's not really as it's meant to be, and then Jesus restoring that. Uh, and so, so Chris, for some of you who don't know, uh, grew up here in Adelaide, 
was saved in this church and then moved to Sydney to follow, follow the love of his life. And they're now married, so that worked out well. Um, and then you guys moved around a little bit together and then came home how long ago? Uh, 18 months ago. Okay. So 18 months ago, you came home. and uh, But it wasn't quite home sweet home, was it? Not necessarily anything wrong with Adelaide. But, but it wasn't like you were just going back to how things were. Is that right? So, um, so then, okay, so tell us what your like, kind of state of being was like at the time. Um, so having been um, uh, in Adelaide and, and in this church for, um, for a long time and, and moving from a life of just kind of uh, mundane living to um, living for Christ, I was, uh, at least when I was here, I was really, uh, really excited, really on fire. Um, probably anyone that knew me would probably use some of those words to describe um, who I was then. Um, and then moved to Sydney, got married, started doing life. Fantastic. Loved it. Uh, we're part of a fantastic church. Um, and then over time, I just kind of started doing church. And I think um, it's kind of like, you know, how if you want to boil a frog, don't, but if you want to boil a frog, <laughs> you put them in cold water and, and slowly boil it. Uh, the frog doesn't just jump out. It'll just sort of sit there and, and accept it. And that, that's kind of how um, things kind of were for me. If you were to just objectively look at my life, um, you know, I had um, living in the uh, North Shore of Sydney. We had a nice apartment. We're earning good money. Uh, fantastic marriage. Um, fortunately, by the grace of God, that was never, um, never an issue, never affected uh, but in my heart, there was, I, I was empty. Um, I had started believing what I call either a psychology or a worldly gospel where I had started looking inwards and I'd gone on more of a happiness um, uh, search rather than a, a truth search. Mm. And um, so we started just moving around, um, trying, trying out different bits and pieces and trying all this stuff that the world would say, oh, you know, if, if you do this, then you will be happy and making this kind of worldly happiness my, um, my life goal. Did you get there? I did not. Um, just, to, just to kind of land the story really flat on its face, uh, I do not have opposite, an answer for you. Kind of the opposite, right? Absolutely the opposite. Every time uh, I looked um, inwards or to the world to find anything satisfying, it just it doesn't exist. Yeah, doesn't so, so you came home and still felt... Right. Like, so, well, how would you describe it? Empty. Empty. Disappointed. Disappointed. And so, talk us through. Like on a Sunday morning, you you meet new people. Good. Well, there's so, new people here. Yeah. Just to give like a practical example. Right. Right. So, really practical example is um, I did not like coming to church. Um, I, but you knew you should, right? I knew I should, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let let that be an encouragement. If you don't like going to church, keep going to church. All right. Uh, but I had a really Bitter attitude. Now, some people that that know me may have noticed that that was um, the change, which which we'll get to. People that didn't know me prior would just think this guy's a bit of a downer. Um, maybe you didn't notice at all. I don't know. If you did and I offended you in that time, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Um, that they is have not. To, they're Christians. They have to. You have to. There is a white throne judgment, and um, I just wasn't. I wasn't feeling it, but then that was also um, an issue. Was I was I was chasing a feeling, right? So 
you, I remember you telling me that you kind of felt like people were a threat. People, yeah, people so were a threat. You, you didn't want to talk to new people. You didn't want to, you didn't, you were like, just right. stay away. Right. I had no, um, I had no room in my heart for, for people, anything new. Uh, people were an annoyance um, and I didn't have the time of day for anyone. And you saw a counsellor in that time, right? I did, yeah. So um, I had um, kind of boiled a lot of it down to being my, my job. Um, so uh, I'm a counsellor kind of led you in that direction as well, right? Right, absolutely. So um, my, my job, I, um, I'm a mental health nurse and at the, at the time and still sometimes now I work with um, people where on an almost daily basis at work I'm being physically and verbally abused. Um, the best kind of job. The best kind of job. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, I felt that all of my feelings were, were valid. So I would do that during the week. I'd come to Sunday and it's just like, don't anyone talk to me about your problems or don't, don't, even if you don't have any, just don't talk to me. I don't care. I don't have room in my life to care for anything more because I'm spent. I'm done. Um, Empty. And, and so, yeah, so I, I went to a counsellor. Mm. And basically she validated all of those feelings. Yeah, you should feel that way. And I remember you saying to me, like you were always looking to make sure people knew that it was reasonable right. that you were acting and feeling the way that you felt. Right, fully justified. Yeah. So, but you don't always have to stay there. You might find yourself in that place. It doesn't mean you have to stay there. Um, so, okay, so I came around to your place. Chris is studying massage. He offered me a free massage. And uh, my advice to you is if anyone offers you a free massage, always say yes. Not anyone. Actually, not, not anyone. Not anyone. <laughs> there are some massages which you shouldn't say yes to, uh, so especially some very particular kinds of. We'll leave it there. Uh, this was not that kind of a massage. Uh, Chris, so we had a little massage at your place and then we sat down and we talked. And I, ha I felt like God was putting a word on my heart for Chris. And so uh, I said to you, I feel like God's saying you've lost your mojo. Um, there's a bounce in your step which has been robbed from you and he wants to give it back. Whatever's stolen that, we're going to get rid of that. Uh, and then don't, don't accept the status quo. Um, yeah, it's, okay, so I, I love what you said to, that, you know, you don't, you don't have to stay there. Mm. I had actually become fully, um, at least I thought I'd become fully contented with staying there. I had this idea in my head that I had prayed a prayer 15 years ago to uh, go to heaven when I die. So I'm just going to just suffer every day until then, then it will all be good. Instead of praying a prayer that says that actually, no, he died so that heaven would actually come in me and I can actually be restored to the image that I was created in God and I can live that here right now on earth in the world, but not of it. Right. Okay. So like you're already getting a little sneak peek of where we got to. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just skipping ahead scratch, of the story. Scratch Chris. that pool. Oh, I'm so down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> So we no prayed. To me. We prayed together, um, and yes. and it wasn't just a prayer. We right. were like, uh, whatever the enemy's got going on, right now we cancel the assignment right. on Chris's life, uh, and break that, loose that, mm -hmm. and set him free. Yep. And I remember feeling very little at the time. Mm. Like it wasn't like whoo. Heaven collided with earth. No. The foundations you, of my house shook. How'd you feel? Uh, I, so, whew, this is holy. This is what happened. Amen. 
Amen. Thanks, mate. Cool, man. That's awesome. I'm gonna go ahead. Go. All right. Catch that. that was a good reenactment. That's what happened. It was like it was like a kind of a non-event. Right. Uh, the next day. Right. Uh, or not even just the the next day, but but that day, just thinking, you know okay. what? Quicker than I was expecting. Quicker. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I I feel I feel free. I feel lighter. I feel less burdened. Um. I felt moldable again my heart had actually softened softened um whatever that assignment was against me had been loosed and i thought right um i need to now fill this newly voided space with the things of god and not try and and seek again to fill it with things of the world or things looking inwards that are going to make me quote unquote can i just pause there luke 11 verse 24 says when an evil spirit leaves a person it goes into the desert searching for rest but when it finds none, it says, I'll return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so the person is worse off than before. How do you avoid having an empty home where the spirit I can I put return? a sign on my forehead that said, no room at the inn. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Jesus lives here. Right, right. right. Holy so Spirit lives here. He doesn't like sharing. He's, he, he yearns jealously right. for us. Once he's in. Yeah. Hmm. So how would you describe the way that you felt afterwards? Free. 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 That's so good. I remember coming to church on Sunday and seeing Chris and all of a sudden there's like a new light and a life in him. And he's like, he's just walking up to new people. He's like, hey, welcome to church. It's so good to have you here. And I remember thinking, is everything all right? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> oh, he's blown a fuse. I remember you said, God, he broke my heart again. For right, people. Right. And he, he caused me to fall in love with people right. again. And right. I can see that. He, you know, where he was once afraid, now he feels love. Right? Absolutely. Let's give him a hand. That's so good. You're amazing, man. You're amazing. All right. Notes. Jesus wants to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. That's what he came to do. And maybe as we've been talking, you've been feeling a sense in your heart that there's something that Jesus wants to deal with inside you here this morning. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to ask the band to come right now. He wants to clean out our temple. He wants to make it a home for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. And so your, your temple can be kind of corrupted in a couple of ways. You might have unresolved sin in your life or you might have a, a hidden wound or a trauma in your life. And, and those two things are kind of like an open door for uh, spiritual attack. They're kind of like an open door for demons. You know, we kind of avoid that topic a fair bit, but Jesus didn't avoid it. He did it a lot. Just went around casting demons out willy-nilly like you wouldn't believe. And so here's what, here's what you need to do if you feel that. Why don't, you just, why don't you stand with me? If you can feel the Holy Spirit telling you about something that you need to shift in your life, here's what you need to do. You need to take responsibility for your life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it. You need to come with repentance. You need to receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. You need to renounce any agreements that you might have and then just tell it to go away. We'll tell it to go away. 
and it has to listen to the name of Jesus. And so it's not a big deal. You just get rid of it, right? So I would love for you to just close your eyes right now. Lift your hands to heaven, ready to receive, ready to hear from the Holy Spirit. As the band plays, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and identify an area in your life which He wants to transform. Maybe He's going to show you an area in your life where you have hurt, where you have a broken heart that needs to be healed. And if I can give you some practical advice, if that's you, if that's what the Holy Spirit reveals to you, one of the wonderful things you can do is begin to just journal. Go home and open up your heart on the page. Learn to listen to your heart. Discover. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the areas in your life that are broken, hurting, and then He can bring healing. Just like He showed me the things in my past which were broken, He brought healing. He can do the same for you. Maybe you need to be set free of something. And as we're standing here, if that's you, if, you, if you're saying, there's something on my life which I need to cast off, then we're going to open up the altar. You can just walk forward, stand here, and we'll pray for you. And we'll just get rid of the thing. There's no shame in that. Just get rid of it. So we're going we're gonna to take a moment now, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. As He ministers to us, ask Him, show me what you want to do. Holy Spirit, right now, I ask that you begin to speak to every heart. Show us the areas in which you want to bring transformation. Show us the areas in which we've settled for second best. Show us the areas in which you want to bring us home and make a new home the way that it ought to be. Thank you, Jesus. something that you want prayer for just step out of your seat and come to the front we would love to pray for you holy spirit right now we're praying that you are doing a work in every one of our hearts father if there are whatever whatever assignments are against any person any life any calling Right now, we break them, we cancel them, we loose them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we stand forgiven as children of the Most High God. We thank you that Jesus' blood is sufficient. 
that it causes us to follow you as Lord and as Saviour. We thank you for the position we have as sons and daughters of the Most High. And Lord, in that authority, we come against every spirit of darkness right now. And we say, loose in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are leading us to discover the roots of a wounded heart and you are helping us to heal what is broken so that we can come into the fullness and fruition of life. Thank you, Lord. Holy God. Why don't you begin to pray? Lift up the name of Jesus. Thank Him for all that He's done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you feel a stirring in your heart and you don't quite know what it is that God is calling you to do. I would encourage you to just follow His leading and come and receive prayer. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody else and you're not quite sure sitting on the fed, just come now because we're about to pray. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for these brave people who are responding to your call. We thank you that you are faithful to deliver. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I come before you as a disciple of Christ, that all power in heaven and on earth has been given to your Son, Jesus, and through us that power can flow and allow people to be set free from the powers of the enemy. Lord, right now, we come against every spirit of darkness, whatever that spirit might be. Jesus, now we're coming against it and it needs to leave in the name of Jesus. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna come and lay hands on you. But before we do that, I want you to just repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you that I am saved by your blood. Thank you that I am forgiven. And right now, I forgive 
anybody who has hurt me, everybody on the front row here, you're repeating after me, right? Can't hear you. Let's do it with a bit more gusto. Father, right now, I forgive everybody who has hurt me. I let go of bitterness. I let go of the wounds of my past. I receive your forgiveness. I'm taking responsibility for my walk with you this morning. Any agreements that I've made to myself, to others, to the powers of the enemy that are like an open door in my life. I renounce those agreements right now. In Jesus' name, the door will be closed right now. Thank you, Lord. All right, here we go. Church, 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 help me, help me. Lift your hands out to these guys. If you speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Let's believe for freedom from whatever it is that the enemy's plans are. The power of Jesus, the name of Jesus is above every other name and it looses any power of the enemy. So right now, just pray. Keep praying until we're finished, all right? Don't let me go on my own. Thank you, Jesus. Father, loose him in Jesus' name. Loose him. Thank you, Jesus. Holy God, set free. Set free. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Receive his forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. He is good. He is a good, good Father. He is a good, good Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come against the spirit of rejection in Jesus' name. Right now, loose her. May she know that she is a true daughter of the Most High and that you have wonderful plans for her. Thank you, Jesus. Holy God, every spirit, loose in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Right now, every spirit of the enemy that's on his life, that's assigned to his life, we cancel the assignment in Jesus' name. May it loose in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Setting him free. Thank you, Lord. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom. A new heart, a new soul, a new spirit, a new mind in Jesus' name right now. Heal from the wounds of the past. Thank you, Father. Holy God, new freedom. Loose him. Loose him of every, every work, of every answer.
Okay, reach out your hands, keep praying. Father, we thank you for every life that's represented here. We thank you, Lord, that they have stepped out boldly in courage. We pray that over the coming week, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to them the roots that need to be uh, dug up if there are wounds, if there are broken hearts, if there are hurts. Lord, we pray that you would continue to do a work. If there, are, if there is spiritual opposition against these guys, Lord, right now, anything remaining, we come against it in the name of Jesus and we say, loose and be gone, be cancelled and be made new in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. There may be some more work to be done, but we thank you that we are part of a home, part of a family where we can continue to come, receive freedom, deliverance and your love and your healing power in Jesus' name. Okay. Now let's give the Lord a clap offering, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. My goodness, you are good. He is good. He's a good, good father. He wants the best for his children. Just stay where you are right now. Stay where you are. Lift your hands to heaven. Maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you were a believer. Maybe you are a believer. Maybe you've been set free. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you've been set free of some stuff. There's still some more to go. Whatever you are, when He clears the house, you have to fill it with Jesus. Otherwise, it's an empty house where the enemy will come and say, great place to live. You don't want that in your life. You want the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords to have dominion in your heart and in your mind. So right now, I'm going to lead all of us in the prayer to ask Jesus into your heart. And if you're doing that for the very first time, I want you to come and see me afterwards. We want to give you a Bible and give you some things to help you follow Jesus. Maybe you're returning to Him this morning. Come and see us afterwards as well. Right now, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. 
I thank You that I am set free into the fullness of life by Your work on the cross. Come and fill me now every part of my being. Thank You, Jesus, for saving me. From this day forward, You're my Lord and You're my Saviour. In Jesus' name, Amen. Love you guys, my goodness.